The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. It's the Full Court Press on a Tuesday. Running through what's going on in sports. We got the uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline is tomorrow afternoon. Uh, who's on the, the the trading block? Some players have already moved. Uh, which other teams need to make some moves if they want to be relevant for the stretch run and get into the postseason? And we're also looking at the the uh, these football teams are, are starting their camps this week. Utah State has their media day tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of stuff that we'll bring back uh, from being there tomorrow. But in light of that, we will put together our preseason predictions. So what will be the record at the end of the year for Utah State? What will it be for Utah and for BYU? How optimistic are you feeling about the Aggies? How do you feel about those other schools and how they're going to do this year based on who they have coming back, what their schedule looks like, all that stuff. And we're going to get into our stat and player of the week. Yeah, that more I'm more excited about that part than announcing my results for the schedules. It's just not going to turn out well for me. <laughs> Is that a big gulp I heard over there? Yes. <laughs> we, I might be. I mean, you thought me saying Jimmer Fredette was better than J.C. Carroll or that Van Noy is better than Wagner. This... This one might get me crucified here. It's not going to end well for me. <laughs> I'm really scared. I'm not going to lie to you right now. <laughs> wow. This is going to be juicy. <laughs> well, for, for one of us. Um, yeah, no. Hey, uh, big day for Utah State football tomorrow. It's media day, as you said. We'll be there. Uh, Al will be there. Craig will be there. You'll be there. I'll be there. Uh, we're going to get you all the audio as possibly as you can handle, and if not more. We are going to overwhelm you for the next four weeks with Utah State Aggie football. And so I hope you're okay with that. And if you're not, uh, well, either you can change your station to a station down south, which I don't know why you would do, or be just suck it up and uh, get you. we'll get you ready for Wake Forest come August 30th on a Friday night. Eric, it's already here, man. Can you believe that we are, I mean, you got uh, you got the Hall of Fame game this Friday, I believe, Thursday or Friday, and then... Next week, all the preseason games really start to kick in. Uh, college football. I mean, high school football for us high is mid-August. High mid-August. And yeah. then you've got college football, I mean, like two weeks later. It's just, it's nuts. I can't believe we're already there. Our two-hour show, by the way, again, everybody, August 5th, Monday, 4 to 6 p.m., we're back for two there, hours. There'll just be so much content that we've, we need more time to We do. It. We really do. And for all the things we have planned, we have some new things planned as well, which we're excited about. Uh, which will add into what we already have doing. So it really will be a needed two-hour show to get you everything. Well, we'll always have your in-the-know uh, on the opponents. We'll also have a beat writer or a play-by-play guy to join us on that show to talk about that opponent, uh, all from Wake Forest to BYU to Boise State, all the way to New Mexico, and then all the way to our bull opponent, uh, assuming that we get there. So hey, Before we get ex- expand and we get into this next week, can I just say it's been a long time since we've had a – uh, full court press go f- through the summer. Because uh, when were, is the last time you there guys were a did lot that? of times where for the last many 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 years, full court press would go on summer hiatus. 
Um, and it hasn't gone full year round. Gosh, I want to say it's got to be over 10 years. Really? That long? Oh, yeah. Easily. No joke. So let me ask you then, because you've, you've been the, uh, the staple of the full court press for so long. Like it or hate it? I thought it worked out really well. I thought it was great. We had Tony Jones and yeah, we had a lot and, of fun and Dan Clayton on the day of the there trade. Was, well, there was it was such a busy, crazy off season for the NBA. Yeah, uh, I don't know how we could have not been on the air. Yeah, it almost would have been a shame. Uh, and, and and thanks to our listeners for bearing through. I mean, there were slow days. Let's not lie to each other. There were some days where like me and you looked at each other, like, thinking, "What are we gonna do?" And and we'd almost do teasers, and that we're, like, we're going to talk about. It. And then the next morning, something big hits, and we're thinking we have to talk about it. And then for a full hour, that was our show. So uh, thank you, because I remember bringing that idea up to you, and you were and and rightfully so a little bit skeptical of like oh, you know the summer is kind of a slow time for us. Don't know if we can handle you know if we have enough local content, and and you had some very valid reasons. So first of all, thank you. Eric, for for being willing to do that, I thought it was I thought it was great. I really do. I thought it was fun. We had some great interviews from Jordan Love to Dan Clayton to Tony to Tony Jones. Uh, we had Preston Medlin, Clay Stall. We've had some great interviews leading up to 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 get us through that summer to get us here now. And of course, thanks to our listeners. I don't know if you're still with us or not. I have no idea if you actually survived the summer with us or if you turned us <laughs> off. But if you are still here, a tweet at me and let me know you're still here. Let's do a roll call and b. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are right, we, we're, we're almost there. Yeah, we, we do this because we felt like certainly we have to feel like there's content, and we and uh, will there be enough to deliver an interesting enough show for the audience? But also, is there a demand? Do people want this? And when we made this station change last fall, we've received nothing but positive reviews about the the format and the content that's going on. Not yeah. just I'm not just bragging up our show. But everything that's gone on at this no really this it's station, true though. And we just we felt like as we're coming into the season that look people uh, we're we're getting good feedback and uh, we we've got sponsors that are advertising on this station and so we feel like look we we need to keep this going and I'm glad we did and we had a lot of fun doing it and I know people have been asked I think three or four times in the last week and a half if we're going to be doing a live show so people can see our faces uh, I, I I would like to say no because I don't want you to see my face I have a face for radio. <laughs> But we are working on it. Our, Times two. Our sales team and everyone else is being so incredible to, to give us the best chance to do that. And when we will, we'll promote it like crazy. We'll let you know. Uh, we'll kill it, and we'll hope you'll be there to support us. So, But, I mean, Eric, we're there, man. We made it through a the, the summer, the dry spell, if you will. And August is football. September gears up for baseball playoffs. October is about basketball preseason. Um, and then we're just go. I mean, it is just flat out go. From well, there. we're we're flat out go starting tomorrow. <laughs> so really, it really starts to ramp up. But you are flat out in it. It's like a. Some people say it's a marathon, not a sprint. But if there's a way to be a, a sprint marathon, that's the way I feel. Starting about mid August <laughs> until the end of February. Yeah. No, that's a great point. That's and then it starts to like. You, there's still plenty to talk about. But oh yeah, I mean, it, it just it feels like it's a dead sprint in a long race starting in mid-August and continues really into March. Frankly, with Utah State into their uh, postseason, so yeah, uh, with basketball, but which was by the way fun. Yeah, we, we exactly, it fun. it's fun. It's yeah, and we want to make sure we give our listeners the very best coverage that we can give them because we promised them that, Eric. I remember when we started our two-hour show, you told me. If we do this, we have to give the best Aggie coverage. We can't be lazy. 
We can't be, we can't wing it. We have to know our stuff because these listeners, the Aggie fans themselves, deserve the very best from us. And I feel like we have upped our game. And that's what I feel like. I mean, maybe the listeners are like, Alja, you still suck. <laughs> you still took Van Oever Wagner. What, what the crap do you know? Which is fine. Uh, but I, I can't tell you. Even the ones who have hated on me or whatever, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. It's been fun. I'm, I'm ready to go for season two, Eric. This is we got a fun, fun season two ahead of us as well. Well, and we also we we always love the feedback too. So if there's something that you like, some of it that we're doing, something that you don't like that we're doing, don't don't hit up Ajay on Twitter. Yeah, don't hit, tell me you don't like me and not bring me hit, on the show. Hit me up, come on at E France, and I, I love the feedback, even if it's negative, because believe me, I've heard lots of it before. But um, but it's helpful uh, nonetheless to uh, refine what we try to do and our approach and how to make it better. So all that being said. There are things that are going on right now. The Major League Baseball trade deadline is less than a day away. And already, uh, nothing major has happened quite yet, but the Cubs have been involved. They traded for Toronto Blue Jays right-hander David Phelps today. Uh, Toronto receives a minor league p- uh, pitcher in return. But the, the Cubs are trying to bolster their bullpen, and they, they need help, especially with closers. So... Uh, I don't think that the – my guess is the Cubs aren't done. They might try to go out and get another pitcher. Uh, that That's where they seem to be uh, the, their weakest spot um, in their rotation and with their, their, their whole roster right now. I mean, they are still on top of the Central Division, but it's a very, very thin margin. Well, let me ask you something, because Madison Bumgarner is still in San Francisco right now, isn't he? He is. And Noah Syndergaard is still in New York. still in New York. Those How are two hard, guys that I think, man, I'd love to see him in Cubs uniforms. How hard is it, though, to go, I mean, after the trade deadline, look, there's a story, and I won't tell you who told me it, but about Ricky Rubio. At the trade deadline, they were going to trade him and a, you know, a good supplemental package to Memphis for Mike Conley. But then Ricky Rubio went to Dennis Lindsay and was livid because he felt like he deserved to stay. Dennis Lindsay changed his mind. They kept put and then went with that roster. And we all know what happened. A first round exit to Houston Rockets. Uh, but how hard is it, you think, for especially major league players where the season's so long? And if you're making a playoff run that, oh, yeah, I'm going st- to end up staying with the team that wanted to trade me so badly. I mean, that's got to be difficult. Uh, yeah. If you're the subject of trade rumors, I, I would have to think. I don't care who you are, where you are. That's got to be tough. It's Because you don't know one day to the next. Am I going to be in a new city? And Am I going to be with new teammates? Is my family going to have to move? And so it would be really hard to go out and play a game with confidence because you know that there's people second-guessing your where you fit in your current organization and do you belong. Uh, that's That's got to be hard. I don't care what level you play at, uh, superstar or just getting started. Uh, I, I think that's that's got to be tough. Yeah, it's it, – and again, it can't be – it can't be easy. But for someone as talented as Madison Bumgarner still – is, and I almost say that hesitantly because things have kind of changed. This isn't 2012, 13, 14 anymore. He still got it. Noah Syndergaard still got it. And for talent like that, teams have to be like finding a way to say, hey, 
what can we give you for this guy that's not going to put us at bankruptcy while still trying to make a push at the playoffs because we're contending for it? Well, right, and I think to some degree these teams have to consider uh, what what are we getting? What's our return out of this guy? And is his value still good enough where we could get some valuable pieces to help us in the now? Yeah. Maybe get a little bit younger, get a little bit better. So that's why you hear about uh, possible guys like Cindergard and and uh, Bumgarner, who's still decent pitchers. Uh, but I think that they feel like they could probably get some value out of them. Yeah. Where if you would, wait too long, who knows? I mean, Marcus Stroman, the Mets have already made a move to help out with their pitching staff and acquired Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays. Will they also deal away Noah Syndergaard? So my question to you is, with the Mets not competing for a NL East title, I mean, they're five games under five hundred. but San Francisco's two games over five hundred. they'll 14 games back of the uh, AL West leader, LA Dodgers. Do you, if teams are giving you a sexy offer for either Singard or Bumgarner, and the reason why I keep bringing them up is because there's two of the top pitchers in the National League, well, at least two of them. Do you trade them to a division rival or a National League rival contending team for the playoffs, even though they're in the same conference? Because I know, for example, Bill Belichick usually doesn't trade players to a team within the uh, what would that be? Good night. I've already forgot. Uh, American Conference, a AFC East. Sorry, I couldn't even remember that. But like, he won't trade players to his AFC East rivals. He won't do it. Right. I would a team? Would you do that with Bumgarner or Singard if you get a very good offer? Uh, that's a fair question. If if you're the if you're the Mets, and you're, I mean, they're eleven games out of the. The National League East, um, they're they were they're not even going to make the wild card at this point where they are. Um, but I think you have to consider, yeah, wh- what's our long term prospect? Are we a team that's maybe a little bit younger and on the rise? Are we a team that just needs to remake some things? But I think generally speaking, I I think most teams would want to try to avoid sending a one of their premier athletes to uh, somebody else in their division. And then that guy gets a new new venue, a new set of digs, wearing a new uni, and then he's all of a sudden, hey, I just needed a, f- a fresh start. I'm feeling good now. And he lights up for him. And then they, they leapfrog you. So I think generally teams would want to avoid having to send their guy to somebody within their same division. You know what would be really dangerous? Someone just texted me, and, and he's an Astros fan. Imagine this. If Bumgarner got traded to Houston – and he knows it better than I do in regards to their minor league. But Fresno, I guess it's not the Fresno Grizzlies anymore. It used to be the AAA team. But their AAA farm system is just stupid good. And, it, and it's been that way for the last four years. I used to go produce games for Salt Lake Bees, and Fresno would absolutely shred Salt Lake every series. In fact, they were the only team in, I think, 10 years of Salt Lake Bees franchise that in every series would beat the Bees by double digits while shutting them out at least once every series. Wow. 17 nothing, 15 nothing, 13 nothing, 20 nothing, 11 nothing. I mean, just every time they just own Salt Lake. That farm system and, and the way their management has done it has been 
just spot on. And if Madison Bumgarner goes to the Houston Astros, they become, and by far, without question, the favorite in the AL. But for now, oh. I still like the Yankees over the Astros. So I, I'm mm-hmm. guessing one of the AL teams would go after Bumgarner based on the fact that, look, you don't have to hit in the NL. You just got to worry about pitching. Right. Well, I, I think that earlier in the year, Bumgarner seemed to be a, a name that people talked about as a potential uh, uh, trade asset that the, the Giants could use to try to get better. But they've they've gotten better as a team. Uh, I mean, they've they've improved on their own, and so they're they're really kind of in the hunt, not for their for the West Division, but for uh, still being a potential playoff team. I mean, it's very tight with. Uh, the the Nationals, Cardinals, Brewers are all kind of in that mix. Diamondbacks are are on the heels of the Giants in the West as well. So I, I think that there's the the Giants may not be as as eager to start trading away some of their key assets uh, as much as they feel like. Hey, I think that maybe maybe we can ride this out and and still be competitive this season and and try to make the postseason. Would you ever? I mean, because you, there obviously are serious relationship use issues between Syndergaard and the New York Mets. How in, in situations like that, would you be desperate to give him up just to get rid of that tension out of the clubhouse? Or do you still fish for the best deal and make him like just suck it up? Say, hey, look, man, we own you until we decide to give you up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Would you take a? Actually, I, I think it's hard. Be, you don't want to just treat them like property, uh, but at the same, I mean, dude, you pay they, the guy. You are you own, kidding me? You do own the rights to the player. That's the whole thing about: are you a governor or are you an owner in the NBA? There, so let's not go there. <laughs> We're not going to get into subject. that. But I think that, uh, at some degree, you have to look. Is this is having this guy on our roster causing? more damage to our clubhouse than he gives us potential to yeah. win games. And if that outweighs the potential to win games, then why why keep him? Yeah. Why well, why keep dancing around? And and this isn't anything new. We see it in the NFL all the time. I remember when Randy Moss got traded from the Patriots in 2010 because him and Brady got in a huge argument in the locker room and and Randy Moss told him to cut his hair because uh, is when Brady had long hair, and Brady told him to shave his beard and play like an NFL football player. I mean, and then you got the Le'Veon Bell situation with Pittsburgh Steelers. You have right now the Zeke situation with the Cowboys. In football, it's nothing new. In baseball, it's a little bit different. But my question to you, you're a Cubs guy. They're contending for a uh, another division title. Do you take Bumgarner or Syndergaard? Oof. Well, I think it also depends on what they're asking. And which team would might ask for more? Um, but but just just on face value okay, between yeah, those two value, guys, though, I'm asking. I probably I probably take Bumgarner because he's more proven in the postseason. Um, I, I just quick reaction. I'd probably go with more Bumgarner. Yeah, he's no, proven he can win big games. And I understand. I don't like Bumgarner's hothead. I mean. I mean, someone hits a bomb off of him, and they take a quick look at it, and he's already screaming at him. I remember when, was it Torrey Hunter? He had a pop-up, and all he did is he slammed his bat down, and he cussed out a word at himself, and Bumgarner tells him to start running. 
Like, I'm not a huge Madison guy. I'll take Cindergard based on cool head and still good talent. Okay. I, I get that. But that's, that's just me. Um, so the trade deadline is... It's interesting what's going on in, the, in Major League Baseball, though, because what's happening with contracts and players? Mm-hmm. It's becoming a big, big issue. The, the trade market has been, it's been pretty quiet. Uh, yeah, there was a few deals that have happened today, but... Um, nothing that blows nothing your mind, yeah. really huge. Yeah. And the way things were last year coming into the regular season, the start of the season, signing free agents, and it continued again this year, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a weird deal right now in Major League Baseball with how teams are considering contracts and how they make some moves. Um, so the the Mets might not get rid of Syndergaard and may try shopping his value and what he might be able to offer to them uh, more in the offseason after the regular season. You know what I do on my final game of the year? If I have an issue with the team and the team doesn't like me and I don't like them, my final game of the year, because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pay me anyways. Who cares? I'm piping down fastballs. I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like working hard today. My arm hurts. It's, you know, game 27 for me. Here's a fastball down the middle. I do that in MLB to show my video game. And I pipe it right down the middle. And more often than not, it gets turned into a double or a triple. But still, it takes the wear and tear off my pitcher's arm. I'd be a great <laughs> manager, wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I know. Like They're competitive. They're professional. They understand it's a business and things like this happen. Uh, your best interest is to be able to just go out and play. Compete hard. Right. Right. right, because it, it, it's going to reflect on your future employment. Where and you teams are paying attention. They're not stupid. They know. Right. They, they know. know. They know. But the, the trade deadline is tomorrow. There are a lot of rumors that are floating out there. Uh, so far, not a lot has actually happened. But the trade deadline is, what is it, 2 o'clock our time? Yes, it is. Yep, 4 o'clock Eastern, yep. So, anyway, keep, keep your eyes on that. And uh, tomorrow we'll update you on if, if in fact, anything big did shake loose, uh, then we can get into that uh, tomorrow along with all of our other Aggie stuff that will be a lot that we're going to be throwing at you there as a Utah State Media Day will be taking place tomorrow. Uh, speaking of which, let's shift gears and talk some football. Utah State, Utah, BYU, they all have upcoming seasons getting started here very shortly. Before Media Days happen, before they start practicing on the fields together, Ajay and I will give our preseason predictions for each team. Oh, fetch. Love to get your predictions as well. 435-752-1069. If you want to chime in on the air with us, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at E. Franson. He's at Ajay Salvi. And uh, we'll give you our preseason predictions, win-loss records, coming up next on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, it's the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, streaming online, 1069thefan.com. You can also find us on uh, podcasts, podcasts every show, and is uh, distributed on all the major 
Podcast Network. Hey, before we get into our uh, predictions for football for Utah State, BYU, and Utah, I got to ask you something. This whole LeBron James going into the layup line, dunking, and, and celebrating, uh, what's your thoughts on it? I'm not familiar with it, to be honest with you. Really? Are you serious? I am okay. serious. Uh, well, good for you. Um, and I mean that in an honest way. I don't... I don't <laughs> Look, it's great to be supportive of your kid. I don't like how he does it. If I were to go halfway onto a court and and, say, and and cheer my kid and go wild and act like a buffoon, or if I were to go into a layup lane and do layups with my kid, if any father and mother did that, they would get booted off the court. But it's because it's LeBron James, everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's fun. But, I mean, in the middle of the game, when your kid dunks it, you know, it's a one-handed right-hand jam, and then he goes halfway onto the court to celebrate is absolutely over the board. And Tony Jones is defending LeBron James. That doesn't surprise me because Tony Jones is the biggest LeBron fan since Skip Bayless. But it, it, it almost, it's, it, it's way too much. And it needs to stop. Like, LeBron needs to quit being this attention diva-seeking guy. You're in L.A., man. You, you got enough attention on you. You're one of the greatest players in the NBA history. You got enough attention on you. You don't need to act like a five-year-old when watching a basketball game. If, if John Stockton did that, everyone would absolutely tear him to pieces. Everyone would. No. Yes, they no would. They yes, they would. Because they'd be like, oh, why is John Stockton doing that? He just needs to act like that, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. But because, uh, yes, they would. And then LeBron James does it. And everyone's like, oh, wow, cool is that? LeBron James supporting his son. Shut up. Sit down and watch the game. After the game, go hug your kid, tell him congratulations, and then you can go dance at your house and put it on Instagram. But don't do it for attention. I, I do say, I, I will say this, that um, there are times when parents steal spotlight away from their kids too often in sports. Whether it's little league or high school, college, not so much in college. You don't see it that much in college. But um, especially it, it, the, with the younger kids. Sometimes the, the parents try to they just get a little too amped up on the sidelines. They're going after coaches. They're going after referees. Look, just let them play. Um, and be supportive of your kids. Yeah, I get that. But come on. I think people get a little too serious, especially with the with the Little League stuff. So... Uh, I, but I agree with you. I mean, let there's a moment to uh, celebrate and enjoy your kid's success. Doing it in front of everybody on the court while they're supposed to be getting ready for a game, uh, probably not the right moment. Let, let them have their moment. Because they're going to struggle enough being your son or your daughter, if you're the son or daughter of a premier athlete. They're going to struggle enough getting their own and creating their own reputation and their own skill set. So let let them do their thing. And yeah. Support them where you can and when you can appropriately. Yeah, no, and but again, LeBron James goes overboard and people think it's awesome. I think it's pathetic. Be be a dad, be supportive, but there's a way to do it while acting like an adult that the of the age you are not. Not begging for attention because it's the offseason and Kawhi Leonard moved to the Clippers and nobody thinks about you anymore. All right. Um, Self-attention, Diva. I mean, let's, let's get into college football. I'm so grateful for my dad 
he just sat in the back, never said a word. And then if I ever overacted, he would chew me out when I got home. Man, a few words. That's the appropriate way to do it. That's good. Uh, upcoming <laughs> season for college football. Just bugs me. Um, I, I want to oh, save Utah man. State for last. Okay, I will too. This isn't going to end well for me, though. <laughs> Eric, maybe we should do this another day. Nope. We're when we know today. people aren't listening to us. Let, I'm going to start out. Let's let's begin with uh, with BYU. Okay. Oh crap. Shall we? Yeah, sure. 2019 football season for Brigham Young University. So this is a team that uh, has. Gosh, you look at their schedule and the way that they start out. <laughs> it's a little brutal. Oof. Very ambitious. Uh, and so when I look at their schedule, when I look at who they have coming back, I think they. I don't know that they're really going to be that much better record-wise this year than they were last year. Um, I mean, last year, what was the record? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six and six, and right? They had the bowl win to make it. Seven and seven. six. Seven and six. I, when I look at their, their schedule this year, I honestly, I have them at six and six. So do I, but it's not going to... Oh. Then the reason, so the losses I have for them. Wait, wait, wait. Are we going game a game or just losses and wins and straight up? Uh, well, I, wins and losses, I have them at six and six. Okay. But they're, the, the, I'm going to talk about the games that I think that they're going to lose. All right, so we're not going game by game. Okay, sounds good. I think they lose to Utah, Tennessee, USC, Washington. So I think they open up 0 and 4. Yeah. Uh, but then as the season progresses, I think they lose to Boise State and Utah State. Okay. And that's their 6-6. Six and six. Wait, so, so do pro- they beat San Diego State or not? Yes. They would have wins over Toledo, South Florida, Liberty, Idaho State, UMass, and San Diego State. Okay, so I have BYU losing to Utah, beating Tennessee, losing to USC and Washington, beating Toledo... Uh, losing to South Florida, losing to Boise, beating Utah State, uh, beating Liberty, Idaho State, UMass, and losing to San Diego State. So at six and six, I have. Oh, I hate this. I have them losing to beating Utah. Yeah, State. why do you have them beating the Aggies? Okay, I. First of all, Kalani's job is on the line if they don't beat Utah State. To lose to Utah State three years in a row is. Against the commandments at BYU University. <laughs> it's an honor code violation? It is more than an honor code violation. Because you'll have no honor. We're talking about Utah Marcus Davies situation stuff here. Uh, oh. If they lose to Utah State, it is not good. They have a bye before Utah State. They have a bye before Utah State. Meanwhile, the Aggies, they got Air Force one game before, and then they got that huge showdown with Fresno State the week after. Which I don't think is that big a deal. What, what are you talking about? In that your your concern is about how it may distract the team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Air Force is always one of those like you got to grind it out for you know sixty minutes of football. I mean, Air Force just doesn't go away. Even when you feel like they have, they still there. Fresno State's a huge matchup for obvious reasons. If you beat Fresno State and are still in Mountain West style contention, that Boise State game turns into. Whoever wins is going to host the Mountain West Championship based on 
I'm assuming the fact that Boise State's still in that conversation. So then, it just man, it's just it's right there in the thick of November. Um, it's actually I guess it's the first game in November, but there's a huge slate of games after. And that, and if there was no buy for BYU before that, I'd say Utah State by fifty. But BYU going to Utah State after a bye, and Utah State dealing with Air Force the week before, Fresno State the week after. It's just that trap game, and I feel like this is the trap game that's going to get them. I, I worry about that game as well for different reasons. I think BYU will be 2-5 and five going into that game, and they'll be... I think fans will be... Yeah, they're there may have already been some fans jumping off well. the top of the stadium at that point. Uh, I think that Kalani Sitake, it'll be Heat will be nuclear under his seat. Oh yeah. Um to to get a win and start to turn some things around. But he'll realize that if they don't because like, I just here, don't I just don't thing. see BYU as having the right depth and the right playmakers. No, no, no. And I and I it's, totally uh, that, get that late in the and season. I totally get that. And you and know the what? gauntlet they've had to go but through before that. Here's the problem that point, though with that is is, is that it's not going to be about talent almost at that point. It's just going to be about BYU playing for their life. Playing for Sataki's job because guess what? If and like you said, I have them at two and five going into the Aggie game as well. If they don't win, they're not going to a bowl game because they're not beating San Diego State at San Diego State. They're losing that game. They're going to be Liberty, Idaho State, and UMass, but they're going to finish at f- uh, what? What would that make them? Uh, I can't count now. Six and six, so minus two would be what? Four and six? No, I don't know. Whatever. That makes him it made equal twelve games. <laughs> Two less than that, though. So, so it would make them four and eight. Yes, that's what I said. Thank you. The other See, I'm all wrapped up now side. because now I'm just terrified just of the away. reaction I'm going to get. But <laughs> I, it's just that it's just that first November game of a very huge, monstrous November month for Utah State. Or uh, actually, it's not the first November game for him. Excuse me, I lied to you. It's uh. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's November second. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's just a huge November game or a huge November month. It's the first month game into that month with Fresno, Wyoming, Boise State all looming in the following three weeks, back to back to back weeks. Terrified. Are right, we going to step aside on the other uh, side of this? <laughs> Nice. Well done. Yeah. Six and six, four and six. Uh, We'll discuss the Utes and the Aggies, what we think their uh, seasons will look like. I'd love to get your thoughts on that as well. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at E. Franson, at E F R A N D S E N. He's at AJ Salvi. That's at A J A Y S A L V Y. Oh, I'm already getting grief. Oh, man. Uh, So we'll break down the Utes. And the Aggies, as well as give our stat and player of the week coming up next on the Full Court Press. Need to delete my Twitter account. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, predicting the upcoming seasons for Utah State, Utah, and BYU. Both of us are predicting a 6-6 six and six season for the Cougars, but for different reasons. We can move on. <laughs> but let's go to the Utes. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Shall we? Yes, let's they do it. They were preseason number one in the Pac-12. They received more votes than anybody to uh, win the Pac-12. What kind of season do you see coming out of the Utes this year? Uh, you know what? The Utes have got 
it's it could be a special season for them if they can stay healthy. I have them beating BYU, of course. I have well have them beating Northern Illinois, Idaho State, USC, and Washington, as well as Oregon State, Arizona State, and Cal. That gets them to eight and zero. I have them losing at Washington, and then I have them losing at UCLA, or to me at home versus UCLA. So they're all of a sudden at eight and two, and they're out of the Pac-12 conversation for the championship. They beat Arizona at Arizona, which they haven't done in a while. That's tough to do. And then they also, and then they finish off with a win over Colorado. So they're at ten and two for me. I also had them at ten and two. Really? Yeah. For um, different reasons, though, I'm guessing. Just one slightly. I and I was really close on this. I they almost had them as an eleven and one. Uh, their losses. I I just think they have a hard time getting past Washington, and I just don't see much different that's going to tell me. Chris Pearson just owns the brain, and he rents ownership in Whittingham's head. So good. The other wild card there uh, for the other loss, I actually I thought about UCLA because the new coaching change there, and the Utes, uh, I don't know how they're going to do the game, but I don't think UCLA is there yet. But I did think about that one. The, The other wild card for me is Arizona State. Yep. That one yeah. surprised last year, just their matchups. I think the youth struggled with them a little bit. Uh, I think there's going to be several other games here that they it'll, it'll contend and they'll be really close. Do you have them winning at USC? Uh, I do. Isn't I that like, kind of surprising? Because um, I just automatically marked it down. And I was like, yeah, it's a win. And then I thought, holy crap, did I really just, I just think it was that easy? I just don't think USC is there. They're just not there right now. Yeah. And at Arizona would be a tough one to get to. That's no gimme. They have struggled at Arizona for like the last five years. They have. They have yeah, issues going be, there and winning yeah, games. It'll be tough. But I, I have the Utes at 10-2, and two, but very easily could be 11-1. and one. Fair enough. Fair enough. So That's 10 a lot shorter them. discussion than we had for the previous school. Yeah, no. Well, uh, uh, yeah, but we, we don't hey, have but a lot okay, of time. So wait, so wait with the, they'd make the Pac-12 championship with your, with your win-loss, then I think. Um, I think they'd actually make an appearance in it. Yes. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Because they would only have one loss in their division. Uh, yeah. And based on tiebreakers and all that garbage, I think they would still be in it. Right. Which would give them a chance to be in the Rose Bowl. Mine doesn't have them in there. Mine would actually have them out of it. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I yeah, if, if they don't win, Eric, if they don't participate in the Pac 12 championship, it'll be the most disappointing season in Kyle Whittingham's career. What? No. Yes, it will. Why? This is the most loaded, talented Utah Utes team that these guys have ever had in Whittingham's era. And if they don't go win the Pac-12 championship. Most disappointing? Yeah. Oh, think of another disappointing year. Tell me something with this talented of a team that would be so disappointing. Thank you. (laughs) That just very strong. It is. But it's true. This team, this Utah team, is so How about talented. The year 2013, when they only won five games, they weren't that talented. They were not that. That's talented. not disappointing. They only won five games. They weren't that talented, Eric. After they beat Stanford, they weren't that who was a fifth-ranked team in the country at the time. They always. Oh my gosh! Great. They beat. You know what? BYU beat Wisconsin two years ago. Or was that last year? They were four and two after they beat Stanford, who was well, fifth in the country. Well, but he freaking they died. only won one more game. You don't think that season was more disappointing? No. No, if they don't make it to the Pac-12 championship in this game or this year, it'll be the most disappointing season. It really will. So we'll have to agree to disagree or uh, help you. Utah State Aggies. The Aggies 
Open up the season at Wake Forest. Saucy. Really excited for this one. I've got the Aggies winning eight games. Okay. Losing four. Okay. It's a season that won't have as many wins as the season we just had. But if they get this, I think it'll still be a very successful season. Okay. I still think with eight wins, we should consider it a successful season. Okay, go through it. Who do you got? And here's here's what I've got. I got Utah State winning the opener. Uh, Wake Forest has a lot of questions about their team right now, not picked very high in the ACC. And that'll be the first time Utah State will have beaten a Power 5 school on the road in the modern era. And it finally will happen this year. It's my prediction. Aggies beat Stony Brook, but then they lose to San Diego State. I just think they have a hard time in San Diego against Rocky Long. They've never beat San Diego State at San Diego State I ever. Just, I'd love to believe they could get it done, but I they've only beat San Diego State once. Leery of that. Then they come home, they beat Colorado State. They travel to LSU and lose. I have them beating Nevada, beating Air Force, beating BYU. Uh, but then I have them losing at Fresno State. Uh, they beat Wyoming. And I debated on this one a lot, but I have them losing to Boise and then beating New Mexico. Okay. There's a real question right now about Boise State's quarterback. Their slated starter is still not healthy. But I think by that time later in the year, Boise State figures some things out, and they're always tough. So Fair enough. Uh, I'd like to be a little more optimistic, but there's enough question marks about key positions at Utah State that I think eight wins – Makes me feel good about it would be a successful season. Put this in the Idaho Potato Bowl January 3rd. I hope not. All right, so here's what I have. At Wake Forest, they win. They beat Stony Brook, and then they get a bye week, Eric. And Gary Anderson on bye weeks is about as guaranteed as Geico Insurance saving you money. They will beat San Diego State after that bye week. They will have plenty of time to prep. I don't know if San Diego State's going to be as good either. They will beat San Diego State for the first time ever in school history at San Diego State. I like that. San Diego State doesn't know. There's there's a lot of questions about their quarterback. They have a really good running back. Yep. But they don't know who their quarterback situation is. I think the defense can take care of the running back. Uh, they also beat Colorado State, so that puts them at 4-0 and going into Death Valley, where LSU will be undefeated and coming off a bye week for LSU. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not going to end well. Uh, four and one is uh, after LSU. So then we get Nevada. We we uh, beat Nevada, and we're five and one. And then we go to Air Force, and uh, <laughs> I actually have us beating Air Force, and then I have us losing to BYU, and then they beat Fresno State, they beat Wyoming, but they lose to Boise State, and then they beat New Mexico. So I have them at nine and three. So you're more optimistic than I am. I debate. No, actually, why? Well, That's I, good. I, well, I changed my I changed uh, my Fresno State pick just before the show started. I had them losing, but then as I looked at the schedule and debated, I said, you know what? I still like us at Fresno. It's just that Boise State loss that's going to cost us a spot in the Mountain West Championship. Man, that sucks. So your three losses. Gosh, are dang it! Boise State, LSU, and who was your third? Uh, my three losses are LSU. Fresno State. No, I'm sorry. LSU, where'd you go? 
Oh, I didn't have... Because you had them beating San Diego State, right? Yes. So I have LSU, Boise State, and BYU. Oh, that's right. So you have them beating Fresno and San Diego. Yeah. I think they uh, swooped the California trip. Wow, that'd be huge. Oh, I know. That would be huge. And in that case, Utah State would uh, they would probably qualify for the... Or be in the running for the... Well, if they lose to Boise State, they may not Yeah, they can't be in the Mount West Championship. Yep. Championship. Yep, that would knock them out of it. Case Hoffman has BYU at 4-8, and eight, which is nice of him. Uh, he has Utah at 11-1. and one. Um, and he has Utah State at 10-2. and two. Wow. Well, LSU and Air LSU Force. LSU and Air Force. Interesting combination. Air Force is tricky, man. At Air Force is really, really It's always tricky. tough. It's like going to uh, Wyoming. Remember how we talked about Wyoming last year and how tough it is to play there, and then Utah State narrowly escaped? You know, with a couple of big plays from Stavon Scarver and John Trail Rockmore. Don't add those two plays in. Utah State probably loses that thing at Wyoming. What? And what's tough is that there have been years past where Utah State's been just fine against Air Force, but it's because they played New Mexico or a team that ran a similar offense like right before. Mm-hmm. And so they had the tune-up and they were ready. Yep. And man, they, they knocked it out of the park. But this time, no. <laughs> Air Force stands alone. New Mexico's late in the year. Um, a few other predictions. Uh, we had Hayden Noel predicting an 8-5 and five season, which would include a bowl win for Utah State. So, nice. Like the, appreciate the feedback. Like the predictions. Uh, I, I'm feeling eight and four. Ajay's thinking nine and three for the Aggies. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, we'll get into the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week who stood out for us for the things they were able to do over the last week. That's coming up next in the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. It's Utah State football eve. Hey, let me ask you. Would you Media rather have a 9-3 and three season with no Mount West championship and a loss to BYU? Or would you rather have uh, a 9-3 and three season? Oh, sorry, sorry. Let me, let me rephrase that. Would you rather have a 9-3 and three season with a loss to BYU and no Mount West championship or an 8-4 and four season? I don't remember how I was going to phrase this question anymore. Son of a biscuit. Okay, let me let me redo this. Nine and three season. Okay, would you rather have a championship season and lose to BYU or not have a championship season but beat BYU? There we go. That's what I'm trying to get to. I mean, really, like, would you be okay? I'm just make sure I ask this right, Eric. Would you be okay finishing nine and three? But losing to BYU, but having a successful conference season. Yeah, if it's a successful conference season and they get a chance to to uh, play in the, or ho- play in or host the conference championship, you're okay with that? I would be okay with that because that's ultimately what matters. Yeah, that's the only thing that matters, right? I mean, by by week one, BYU is playing for the point settable after the after week one. 
Uh, we had a caller? Yeah, they wanted to tell us that the only time Utah State has beaten San Diego State was back in the 60s. They are 1-12. They have never won at San Diego State. I, and if there's a year to do it, it's this year. But remember, if there was a year to beat Boise, it was last year at Boise. And obviously that didn't turn out as well as we were hoping for. So, uh, uh, we're short on time. Let's get into our stat and player. Yes, let's do it. So, for me, my player of the week, I have to look at... Um, now, all of a sudden, this isn't working. Uh, there we go. I have to look at Albert Pujols. He's a guy that maybe he didn't have necessarily the, the best week overall, what he was doing, but he did something significant this week. And here's a sample of it. He swings, lifts a high fly ball. It's carrying deep out into left field. Out of here! Albert connects. Second home run for him in the series. Just like that, this ball game is tied at four. He swings, lifts a high fly ball. I don't know why that repeated. Anyway, <laughs> Albert Pujols at the hit his 650th home run here just recently. And he also has over 3,000 hits on his career. And that puts him in very elite company. There's only three other guys that have hit more than 650 home runs and 3,000 hits. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Aaron Rodriguez. You got to quit giving me 50 seconds to try to give a player to you, dude. Okay, my player of the week is 16-year-old Sen Buga, who uh, became the Fortnite World Cup champion <laughs> and won $3 million. Sean? He's 16. It's not Sen. It's Sean. Is it Sean? Yeah. Well, that's a crappy way to spell it, Sen. Dude, he won $3 million at 16 years old. He won more than Tiger Woods. He's going to have a girlfriend before I even ever kissed a girl. (laughs) That's depressing. Uh, My stat that blew my mind, Orioles. uh, Multiple home runs in 10 straight games. Longest streak in Major League Baseball. My stat of the week, Boston Red Sox scored 38 runs by Sunday morning. They scored 46 by the end of the night. That is the most runs ever scored in a Yankees-Boston series by either team in a four-game series. That's amazing. That's stupid. It's a great. long series. That's great pitching by the Yankees. That's going to do it for us tonight, everybody. You See you I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones had interesting comments on running back Ezekiel Elliott yesterday. Elliott, who has two years left on his contract, is holding out a training camp. Jones said, quote, you don't have to have a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. Plenty of analytics guys will agree. But the Cowboys situation isn't that simple. For one thing... They built their team around Elliott. They picked him number four overall, and they're at their best when he's at his best. I'm also not convinced that Jones can take the cold analytical approach. The Cowboys are not the Patriots, and Jones recently has been loyal to his players. He's not a patient man either. He wants to win a Super Bowl right now. So as tough as Jones sounded, we'll see if he can back it up and take a hard line. You may not need a rushing champ to win a Super Bowl, but the Dallas Cowboys need Elliott on the field if they have any hopes of getting there. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.